we are live NBA GM road trip. We welcome Zach Allen from Houston, contributor for ESPN 975 and Space City Scoop. Zach, how we doing? I'm doing good, guys. How y'all doing, man? Doing well, yeah. doing well. Super excited yeah. to have you. Talk Little Rockets. They're starting to turn things around. Um, if we had done this a week ago, things might have been a little more somber, but we're feeling good now. Uh, it's great. To, uh, it's great to be on y'all's podcast today. I've heard some of y'all's podcasts and I enjoyed it. Um, it, it made sense what y'all talked about uh, about the whole Denver trade, and mm-hmm. it, it was it was really you know the dynamic of the, the idea was 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 really transitional. So I can agree on that. Awesome, cool. man. And we listen to your podcast as well. For all you listeners, it's gonna be Zoe's podcast. Um, it's excellent. I listened to the last one where you had the guy from BR on. Um, good stuff there, talking Rockets, and um, we're really excited for today. Yeah, yeah I, I can I can say the same thing, man. Yeah, so just to kick things off, uh, you know, taking a step back, uh, Zach, kind of how did you get your start as a Rockets fan uh, and then also wanting to be involved uh, reporting for the team? Well, I started as a Rockets fan. It's interesting. When I was about, what, probably nine years old, uh, I started, you know, keeping an idea of what I liked which was basketball. And so at the time, this was doing the Steve Francis and Yao era. So I was a big Francis fan, you know, at NBA 2004. All I played was that, you know, the only team I used was them. And then we transitioned to T-Mac, the T-Mac era, and I just fell in love for sure. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking at times. You know, we could never get through the first round until we got injured. And that was when I was in eighth grade. And I lost, what, I lost like 25 or 50 bucks. <laughs> an old friend of mine and it took her a week to get the money but she got it but uh they put the lakers and they lost but it was really cool to see that team you know take that take that, take that championship lakers team to seven games um you know even even, even without our best two players and imagine we did have our uh, our two best players two making you i think i think in my opinion we would have beat um the 2000 what what Nine Lakers or, or it was mm-hmm. 2010, I think. Yeah, yeah. we'd have beat that team Kobe had. Uh, I already thought we were better, honestly, even as a child. And then as a grown man, I look at it now, I'm like, man, we definitely we could have smoked them in six, really. We had more time. <laughs> we, did. we had Ronald Tess, we had Yao, we had a bench, we had Aaron Brooks, we had T Mac, but he was healthy. We had Rafa Austin and Shane Battian. We had Louis Scola, who was very versatile on the block. Uh, Yao could score, score whenever or uh, whenever or wherever. Uh, I mean, so, you know, from that point on, we, we had the rebuilding years and then we get James Harden there. And it's been a frustrating watch. Um, this offseason has been frustrating, but, mm-hmm. and the season has been, you know, I want to say up and down, still running process for the whole team. But being a fan and being a reporter, I mean, I started reporting it uh, as, a, as an intern at ESPN 975. And I got my start through a radio host named Joe Blank, who told me to write the sports map, which was ESPN still, or affiliated, but still ESPN no matter what. And I in Houston. So I went to a couple of Rockets games. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't do so good at, uh, I didn't do so good at asking questions in the, in the locker room with James. Mm. So that was, that was, it was tough at first, but I did decent with, I did pretty good with Mike and Tony at the time when he was the head coach and some of the other players that I talked to, but Zoom calls when I got much better with my, with my questions. Um, no, I, I feel more comfortable, but you know, these you know, reporting, writing it took steps too. Like, you know, my writing got better, and the views went up, and the views went up. And as I kept writing, and my, my structure got much better, and the idea of basketball and knowing the game and 
knowing the concept of the offense and the defense as well and strategy, the way they cut, the way they pick, the way they, you know, the way they move. You know, that's the best way to, to get really good at reporting is when you know the game of basketball, the, the NBA basketball, when you know basketball, not basketball, like Jim Green said earlier, the folks who know basketball understand it. So, yeah. I think me and Harrison didn't even realize quite how big you were until we started to see some of your questions to Ben McElmore and Christian Wood floating around our timelines the other day, um, just kind of realizing the access you had and kind of the capabilities you have with that team. Yeah, it's just, you know, um, I, I got it through how I got that. Was, and the reason why I got the Zoom call uh, during, the, during the bubble was because of Tracy, the PR for the Rockets. And so she doesn't always let me on because I'm still a newbie and I'm still like trying to build my stuff up. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I'm still working progress no matter what. So you know right. I, I wasn't on every call, but some of the practice calls in the bubble, and then because she I think she got me on because they, we went at Toyota now. But since you know Rebecca Toyota, um, we have Solomon Ali. He's our lead reporter for the Rockets at ESPN 905. So he'll get most of the calls, but I'll get when I'm at Toyota, I'll I'll be able to go to every game at home if I wanted to. Um, I'm able to, you know, be at home, get get the Zoom calls. So I probably won't be in another game for a while because I do have another job. So, mm. uh, and um, I'm trying to become full time soon. It's just, you know, p- the pandemic. So, you know, so. Yeah. no, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, but that's yeah. exciting stuff for sure. Um, you talked about how this offseason has been a little bit frustrating uh, and just kind of strange uh, for you guys in Houston, obviously, with a lot of turnover. Uh, and just a quick question to kind of, Talk about that offseason. Uh, why did Daryl Morey leave, in your opinion? Uh, you know, what was his reasoning? You know, he said he was going uh, just to get out of basketball, but then almost instantly he's now in Philadelphia. I mean, I think it was more of the, the letdown. You know, you've been there for, what, 10, 12 years, haven't accomplished the championship yet. I mean, you have James Harden, you have Chris Paul, you have Russ Westbrook, Dwight Howard, and so on. Other players you get just for James. And you still can't get over the hump. And the Warriors are in the way. And then the year you have Chris Paul and James and they and Chris is healthy that year in the playoffs, they can't get along. And then you go, then you transition to Russell Westbrook, and that's not working. And you get you get you get your ass whooped by custom, but you get you you lose in five games mm-hmm. to yeah. um to the Lakers, who won the championship, but and then you have this going on where you can't get along with, with your owner and he won't spend the money you want to spend or hire the, hire the coach you want to hire, bring him here because James wants him here. Or uh, basically, you know, bring the players that you want here, but your owner wants to spend the money. So all that took a toll. He knew in Philadelphia. And I think it was a brainstorm idea by Daryl and, and uh, Mike and Tony, which we call him MDA. Uh, they wanted to both be in Philly. Mm, and, yeah. and I think, you know, uh, they wanted to bring James there some way, somehow. And it didn't work out. Daryl went. They got docked. And, of course, you know, Mike and Tony is in Brooklyn with Steve Nash. And that coaching staff. Um, so it, it's just, you know, Daryl, I'm my opinion, I was kind of glad he left. You don't hear me Rocket fans say that or Rocket reporters say that because it was just James had too much control. And sure. I think that's what got in Daryl's way, in my opinion. It got in so much of the process. It was blind. Yeah. Like we went by the, the offense was just too much, it was too much isolation, bro. Like that's James right. Harden did yeah, James Harden had the isolation of that for like three years. Even though he was great at it and the way the offense, I mean, James Harden's a great specimen. Like, dude's a, a, like, when it comes to basketball, he's beautiful. It's a beauty to watch him play at times. And it can be ugly at times, but 
And the way he was able to put the team on his back the last three years and bring him to the playoffs, um, if not, you could say it's the whole era. I mean, James Harden never missed the playoffs, but just the way he was able to orchestrate that offense Mike D'Antoni ran for him and be able to always get to the second round with Mike D'Antoni um, and by scoring 37, scoring 30, 35 a game, no. So. And so when you look at the shortcomings, not necessarily shortcomings, but like you said, not being able to get over the hump under Maury, you consider the Rockets more of the victims of just – you know, being being in the same conference as an all-time dynasty with the Warriors. And then, like you said, last year, having to face the Lakers, who are also emerging as an all-time super team. So do you think it's more about how the Rockets were constructed or just kind of bad luck and timing as far as who they had to get over? God, you know, this reminds me of, and I wasn't, I was still, you know, barely alive. I was probably like three years old. It's my movie, I saw Jazz in the night, in the, like the early 90s, the late 90s, I think. Uh, but we won two championships in the 90s. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, this has been a bad luck era for the Rockets. 2012 to 2020. I mean, you got you got two different dynasties. You got the you got the Warriors who were amazing for four years because they were able to some way afford all those players and get everybody to win championships, the mindset of it. And then you actually get so you get that year where Kevin Durant goes down, sadly misses the whole year of basketball to a Achilles injury. I mean, that was a Rockets year. The Rockets actually had two chances, guys. Two chances. Uh, but, I mean, one year, Chris Paul goes down because of my hamstring. You're like, all right, cool. This is the, I mean, I mean, James Harden almost beat the seven games, almost beat the Warriors in seven games just by himself. But missing 22, missing 22 three-point shots was the worst. Yeah. A hundred missed, you know, I don't know how many foul calls Maury calls, but then he said over 200 uh, missed uh, foul shots. I mean, uh, 200 uh Missed calls happened that night of game seven, which is still hurtful as a fan. So it could have went both ways. But I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a hard it's a, it's a, it was a hard era for the Rockets. And the best thing about them was they were able to stay relevant and yeah. always look like they're gonna compete for an NBA championship or be in the finals. But it's just, you know, the way the the Warriors and Lakers were constructed, I mean, you get LeBron in the West, you get LeBron in the West Conference, and then you get AD on the same team. It's like, man, like, you got two of the top six players on the team. And then you got the Warriors who had Kevin Durant. It's like, I honestly believe if the Rockets had a chance to have Chris Paul for game seven, we'd, we'd, be, in the, we'd, we'd be NBA champions. That's you know fair. What I mean? I would agree, honestly. Yeah, I I agree with that too. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, just kind of following off of that, uh, you know, you you see Harden's reluctance to want to uh, defend, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, and then also his reluctance to pass it to his teammates. Uh, Do you think that James Harden uh, is a bad teammate uh, overall? Because honestly, if you look, like he's pretty well liked around the league, Uh, you know, and like him and Russell Westbrook still have a pretty good relationship. Uh, However, Mm -hmm. they decided that they didn't want to play together anymore, you know, and Chris Paul and James initially, they they seemed like they were getting along. uh, But then I think just the frustration of not getting over the hump, like you said, with that injury to Chris uh, before game seven, just kind of maybe and hurt them, but do you think that he's a bad teammate? No, I don't think James is a bad teammate. I mean, he has, I think the only thing James suffers is bad accountability. I mean, he gets along with his teammates really well. He, like, when Ben McElmore said last year, James Harden treated me like a little brother. Uh, Jason Tate and James Harden got to the fight, but you see them two getting along with the court, goofing off. You see, like, 
I was at the game, what, last, what, Friday, right? I think Thursday, it was Friday. And, I, you know, Ben Matt came out, hit two or three straight threes, and you see James Harden dancing on the bench. He's engaged, talking about his teammates. Him and John Wall are getting along. So I don't think James Harden's a bad teammate. Now, when it comes to accountability, yeah, he suffers with that, you know? Mm. He's, I mean, and sometimes teammates give him a pass because he's James Harden. He's the best player. He's one of the best players in the league. So, but you, I mean, the only thing I think James suffers at being not held so accountable and not being able to, like, okay, I did that. That was my bad, guys. I'm sorry. I don't want to do it no more. That's what he's bad at. They're yeah. making a bad teammate. It could, but, I mean, this, this guy's a winner. I think he wants well, to say a winner, but he's more of a of a succeeder with it when it comes to being getting along with his teammates and cooperate, get along. Uh, yeah, he keeps his his little small friends outside of the, outside of the NBA, but he hang, but he grew up with. You know, they go to uh, yeah. Arizona, they go to LA together. You know, yeah. he's more he's more cool with rappers than he is ball players. Now, yeah. y'all way. know the difference. Yeah, y'all know the difference between you know friend and associate, right? Uh, NBA players are more associated with James Harden unless they're on his team, unless you're Russell Westbrook or De- or DeMar DeRozan. No, those are his best friends right there. They grew up together in the same area. Little but baby, then when you, that's a that's a friend too as well. Like those are friends. Like he's friends with Nipsey. He was friends with Nipsey Pat. He's friends with YG. I mean, he's friends with Young Thug, Twenty One Savage, right? Uh, uh, and Meek Mill. And I don't know about Future, but those are his friend friends because like they relate to his past. I mean, he's more, he's the, so he's cool. Like, him and LeBron James are considered a social. That's why like, I, I look at them at, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you're pro-Harden. Our podcast, Zach, just so you know, we are also pro-Harden. But yeah. I am curious, so is there, in your mind, do you see the future of the Rockets and the success that you envision for them with Harden at the helm? Or do you think that there's a package that exists out there that would kind of get it over the line for you? Let's say both. I go with both. Uh, James Harden could definitely be. I, I mean, it depends. It depends on how they finish this year. So, say if the Rockets get close to making it to the third round this year, or they can make it to the third round, and of course they might lose the Lakers, but uh, or if they they can surprise everybody. Who knows? But as long as you get to knock on one of those doors, second round, say if you go seven games with one of the best teams in the West, James Harden could scratch his head and be like, you know what? I could give another shot here. I mean, John was good. Demarcus was good. Let's say Christian Wood. That's the guy. Yeah. Christian Wood is the key to keeping James Harden here. For sure. If if Christian Wood can be aggressive all four quarters, I mean, he rebounded pretty well against the Magic over Gil, 6 11 guy. I mean, he gets like 11, he averaged like what, 11? Well, no, he got like 15 rebounds over him, you know, but he has to do it every game. I mean, you can't have a game where you go up for 15 rebounds and just get. For the other night, you are a big man. You are an anchor, like you told me. You know, the defensive wise, he has to be better. I mean, he's he said he's getting better defensively, which I believe. Uh, and he, he puts Christian Wood. This is his first year, you know, as an actual starter in the NBA. He's going to make an All Star game, even though they ain't having an All Star weekend. They're going to do an All Star selection. And I'm pretty sure he'd be a starter this year, in my opinion. I would uh, agree. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so uh, far. I, yeah, Christian Wood is unbelievable, but he has to get better defensively IQ, which he said he's like I said he's doing, rebounding, and just having more uh, a service being uh, and being more alert on both sides of the ball. You know, you, you can see every now and then he'll he'll have a little uh, brain fart, not like you know I'm, I won't go say Ben, but not like a brain fart. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like there's one, there's a time where, you know, uh, there's a time where James at the top of the key and James was waiting for Christian to come up. And he's like, Christian, come on, man, come on. And you think Christian already recognized that. Cause you know, when Clint, when Clint was there, every time he ran on the court, he was setting picks for James and they were, he was rolling or he was really rolling. But Christian gives you both options. You can roll or pop. Sure. So, so I think in my opinion, every time James and John are pushing that ball, set the pick. Set the pick unless they tell you no. But I think, you know, James could be here if Christian would balls out. Because you have a superstar. You could have a superstar at your hand. And you have John Wall, who's playing great. I mean, John Wall is, in my opinion, he looks just as good. He looks better here than in Washington. If not, yeah, he's much back. better. John Wall's back for sure. I mean, he's for surely back. I mean, Achilles what? Achilles who? But <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it though. But uh, I want to see those three succeed in Houston. You know, those three guys, you know, together can be a serious force in the NBA and definitely Western Conference. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how those guys, you know, uh, turn out together and if they keep James here. But the trade package out there, I would say Boston be the best option. I mean, Jalen Brown, 28 points a game, is going off. Yeah, he is. Uh, and then maybe Toronto. You, you got Siakam. You know, yeah. he's a guy you can add down down the block next to uh, Chris Stewart. Two skilled big guys playing ball together. I mean, and of course, you got some PJ maybe as well, because that's his buddy. But uh, Tuck is more like, I don't know if Tuck's happy. Tuck just wants to get paid. He wants to be here. He, I mean, he wants to say he wants, say he wants to be in Houston, but he wants to get paid. I mean, he had, he had a good night against Orlando. He had put 15 points. So you probably heard a lot of the noise where heard, heard a lot of the noise about him not being, you know, uh more, you know, assertive on offense or being more, you know, the glue to the offense or active on offense. Yeah. And he had 15 points overnight. So, you know. So do you think that PJ Tucker would get uh, a new deal from Houston this offseason if James Harden stays? If I'm being honest, I also agree with you. Uh, I, I think that James should try this new team out. I mean, it was it was crazy that Christian Wood didn't get paid as well and that he could go to Houston that was already so capped now short and uh you know frankly bringing in John Wall could have been the best thing to save James Harden to stay in Houston uh you know because John looks healthy and uh you know he's just a dog out on the court and that's kind of what you want um in a guard you know in the backcourt with you you know just a he's a good defender honestly uh and he doesn't back down from anyone um he's also just got a little bit of grit to him uh you know and isn't afraid to kind of get after it uh and be a vocal guy as well which uh i think that james would appreciate so uh do you think that pj tucker would get a contract extension uh if james harden stays it depends i think in my opinion if pj can make a, a defensive team this year i mean that could help out but it just depends. PJ's what 35, 36 years old. So the most he could get from us is a two-year contract. I would say with no more than what 10, 15. He would look at you 15. But I mean, I think you know, I hopefully he can make about at least five or seven million, at least five or seven million a year. Where I mean, I'll give him CFO a 14 contract. It just depends what's out there for him. You know what I mean? PJ yeah. is a guy that you want to see here, but you understand the Rockets don't pay him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a toss-up. So, I mean, it depends on what Stone wants. What does Rafael want? Does he want to, you know, because they're going to want to give Christian Wood that max. Because he's going to want that max a year or two from now. Oh, yeah. So, so I mean, you got to save as much money as you possibly can. So, you can't be giving out to just anybody. But Peter's not anybody. But 
you got to think about Chris Dewar. He's your future. You know, James Harden yeah. will get paid. Chris John Wall is paid. But Chris Dewar has a $41 million contract. So, I mean, he's going to want the max by extension probably after next season, if not, you know, uh, uh, this season possibly. So, Christian Wood dominates the playoffs. The Rockets might say, hey, bro, you want, you want this max extension or what? And then they don't know about – and then Philly Tuck would be easy to be out the door by then because of that max extension. So, I think what they're doing is probably waiting to see how to play of Christian Wood looks before they get him an extension. Because, I mean, they paid Christian Wood and something. So that's probably the way they didn't get Tucker that money, I heard. So, I mean, Tucker's a toss-up. But I would like to see Tucker in Houston. You know, you were talking about how Christian Wood could be, uh, you know, the future center for you guys there in Houston for uh, at least a couple of years. Well, there also is a 30-year-old 6'11 former All-Star who also plays the center position uh, there in Houston. Uh, I just want to know what your opinions are of Boogie Cousins so far to start the year. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, honestly, uh, and I've missed watching him play. Uh, and it looks like his three ball um, is better now than what it was, so... Um, what do you think of Boogie? Do you think that he can stick around? Obviously, he has that connection with John Wall. Uh, do you think that they can build each other up together, uh, you know, through getting out of battling injuries uh, and then also be great compliments to James Harden? Right now, I think Boogie's in the range of – but if Boogie can give us at least with 10, 12, 6, 7 rebounds off the bench, I don't see why the Rockets would not keep him. That's a valuable piece. I mean, him and Eric Gordon are our two best players off the bench. And I think he'd be a good bench piece. I don't think he wouldn't mind. I would think, in my opinion, I would think Cousins would get paid before Tucker. You already say he's 30 years old. He's younger. So why not keep him out of another two years? So whoever, he's on a year, he's on a year contract. So he could easily get paid um, a, a year or two contract to be here with the Rockets. Unless some other teams sees his value and was like, you know what, we'll give you more because we think you're the all-star game. But he's not. I mean, He's having good games, but it's not the games I thought he would have, you know? I'm thinking he's going to go off. He's definitely not the monster he once was. But, but I think he he did better in preseason. He was giving numbers in preseason, but I guess Christian was here, so he's taking a step back. Yeah, for sure. And, Zach, so I got one more question for you. I'm mm-hmm. going to pivot towards Steven Silas a little bit. I watched Ooh. the Rockets-Pacers game recently. Um, it got a really sloppy down the stretch there. You guys weren't able to finish the job. I also watched that Blazers overtime one early season. So tell me a little bit about kind of finishing off games and what you think of Silas and his rotation so far. I, this is the part where Silas is still trying to figure out the talent on his team. He has, he has, Silas has, the only issue Silas has is trying to figure out who can put, who can put on the floor. He told, he said in the press conference, it's going to be tough for guys to get 10 minutes sometimes because there's so much on this roster, so much talent on his roster. I think it's just the people that are still running this offense and trying to figure out, okay, who can I put on the floor? Uh, we're still trying to run the offense, um, you know. And so I think it has some uh, miscues of where people are, people are supposed to be. You only had, what, uh, a month to actually know the offense? Yeah. So it's like you're not really truly comfortable with it yet. But they're getting they, – the Rockets like it. They're comfortable. He says they like it, which they, you can tell they're running set. You know, James Harley, they're running set. So I think it's just when they, they got to figure out what they have to be on the ball. So the Lakers game is going to be like, who you know, take Tate is set. He's going to get 20 minutes already. He says, you know, he likes Tate defensively. I don't I don't see why he wouldn't. He's a great defensive player to bring off the court. You know what I mean? He's like he's like a Lou Dort. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the minutes between, you know, Sterling Brown, Ben McElmore, 
Uh, I think David and then Daniel House is going to come back soon. So it's between Ben McElmore, uh Daniel House, and David Nwaba, who are really – those three players are the guys who's like, man, who am I going to get minutes to? Because there's a game where David Nwaba didn't get any minutes, he's back in the starting rotation. So it's like, and, he's, and he's good. David Nwaba is good defensively, and he's a great uh, energizer for our offense. No, he's great. He's great on the fast break. He's the first one down the court. He's extremely fast. He's very agile. Defense is not versatile. I mean, the guy is amazing. Like, like the Rockets have so much talent, and it's like he feels. I know he feels so overwhelmed and optimistic at the same time because of the talent the Rockets have, and it's tough to figure out who's going to get those minutes. And so I think he's having those type of, you know, miscues and like, man, like I should put him on the court. Like he, yeah. He only get Ben McElmore five minutes in the first half, and we had nine points. So, I mean, like, I mean, it's just – tonight we'll see who's going to put in the court. He's playing at the championship Lakers. He's been studying, and he said, so this is where the Rockets will be tested. Uh, this is where the, 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 the dynamic of John Wall and James Harden relationship will be tested, maybe exactly. including Crystal Wood. What is the ice? What is the IQ going to be against like a guy like LeBron James, where mm. he knows LeBron will possibly going to know this guy still doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna mess with him the time. I'm gonna test him, and then that could throw him off. You know, definitely because he's gonna put AD at the spot, and AD is very versatile with the ball. So it's important for a for Christian Wood to be in the film room to watch what LeBron does and watch what AD does, so that won't, so that won't, so so they won't be quarterbacking him. Uh, at all, you know what I mean? You don't want you. It's like you. You, know, you think you think of you think of if LeBron James was a football quarterback, that compared to a football quarterback, he'd be Peyton Manning. That, that's his guy. Besides the rings, but yeah. Who do you like, compare? Who do you compare Christian Wood to? Like, what's his ceiling guy who played in the league? Oh, Anthony Davis. He's like twenty five percent of Anthony Davis. Okay, I like that. I'd I'd, lo- one, I'd love to see it. That would be. Uh, that would be beautiful. He's one for AD. He can rebound consistently and play better defense. So he has all that. He can be just as good, maybe better. Uh, Christian Wood is like only 25. Um, if he stays healthy too, he can definitely be better than AD. You know how important you know beating the Lakers both times is. If not, you'll be you 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 you'll be far back in the conference. Not too far back because it's still it's it's a new NBA season. So you know, everybody will be tested tonight. Yes, sir. Well, good luck to your boys tonight. I'm super excited to see what the Rockets have in store, Zach. We're so excited that you're able to join us, and we're going to keep uh, letting you know when this episode's launching and make sure to stay in touch with you throughout the season. Please do, man. Thank you, guys. Great. We appreciate it, Zach. You have a good Sunday. Appreciate it, man. Too, man. Bye. Anytime, guys. Bye-bye, Thanks. man.